right. All right. Well, we already prayed up. You may be seated. Let's uh, get into this word today. All right. Talking about faithfulness. You know, as I've been meditating on this, um, it's a major, faithfulness is a major key. And we'll see, it's really about saving souls. Like faithfulness is really about saving souls. You know, the more faithful we are, the more we're faithful in, you know, our time, our talents, our trinkets, you know, that helps us to, to minister. You know, that helps us to uh, get the gospel out. And we'll find out some things here today, uh, how, you know, why the reward of faithfulness is about saving souls too. <laughs> it's all about souls, man. Like, we can get past ourselves and start thinking about the souls, right? People, right? Just think about people. Ain't that right, Isaac? Amen. Isaac said amen. Y'all probably just didn't hear him. Uh, you can, um, did you already do what I asked? Let's just roll with that, right? Because it sounds like you, you flowing today. You're like the master mixer today, Marcus. You're right on it. All right, so let's go to Luke 16. It's good to have faithful people. It's good to have faithful people around, right? Because we can get the message out, right? With clarity, in, right? So that's about what? Saving souls, right? What'd you, what'd you say? Uh, Soul-saving station. I like that. Soul-saving station. Somebody text that to me. She might have she, she spoke out a message on y'all real quick. You see, that's how it happens. You know, we're all a team here, right? Yeah, make sure you text that to me. That, that was God. Soul-saving station. Ooh. Uh, I see that. I see that. All right. So uh, Luke 16, that's our foundational scripture. Luke 16, verse 10, it says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in that which is, I'm sorry, is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous man, and that's money, here, it says, who will commit to you to your trust the true riches? So it's basically saying, when you have money, that ain't the true riches. That's a means to the true riches, right? But, 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 it's this, but it's our test of stewardship. So God knows how. So basically, it, this just contrasts the least and the much. So, it's, so the least is the money. The true riches is the much, right? So it's saying... Listen, just be good stewards over this little bit of money so I can send you the Drew Riches, right? That's what it's saying. So it's testing our stewardship, which uh, I think we're going to hit that, uh, the parable of the talents here. And it says, if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? And now all these things are, are, are parallels. So lease and much, mammon and true riches, Right? Another man's in your own, right? So the least money is another man's, <laughs> right? Right? It's the much true riches is your own. Just walk down the parallel there. <laughs> Just walk down the parallel, you know. So, so we holding on to that which is supposed to benefit others 
and actually are making sure we're supposed to be a blessing to us we don't get. There's something to think about, right? Right? Because as much as we have of this mammon, it ain't never enough, is it? The true riches, though, are fulfilling. All right, okay, all right. So you got that? All right, so I just wanted, because we're talking about the reward of faithfulness. So there's some true riches that covers, obviously it covers the resources, but it covers all aspects of it. You know, you'll find sometimes that we have things, but uh, they are piercing us through with many sorrows. True riches don't do that. Which you'll find out here soon. Uh, Pastor Mel was saying something. Uh, uh, she mentioned uh, Second Second Peter three verse nine, which I thought was big. Um, uh, it says, "God is not slack concerning His promises." So there's a reward of faithfulness, but God is not slack concerning getting you the true riches for your faithfulness. He's not slack. We're slack in giving Him the faithfulness. <laughs> But he's not slack in, in doing his part, right? We get lazy. You know, I'll get to that. Eh, it's probably not that much that important. Eh, God's still working on me. You know, like we got, we got all these little, you know, like why is it when you want something, you're not excusing it's still being worked on. <laughs> when something's required of us, God's still working on me. Something's wrong with that, right? Because when I want what I want, like, why are we frustrated? Because if we measured it out, this is the measure you mean is measured back to you. Measure it out, right? We will go, hey, I understand why I haven't got the things that I'm looking forward to. It's probably still being worked on because I'm, I'm still working on stuff. We don't normally do that, do we? We go, well, I don't understand. And then if, if you get a hint that it's something you may or may not be doing, well, ain't nobody perfect. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on. I'm human. Like, we got all these lines for our part. But we hold an excellent standard to what we're requiring. It's interesting, right? I, you know, I just, my mind is just always processes whole pictures. I just, this is amazing how we, how we look at things, right? Yeah. All right. So, but the scripture says this now, because God's not like concerned his promises. Proverbs 28.20 says, a faithful man shall abound in blessings. So there's so much scripture that talks about, oh, there's a reward coming. A faithful person shall abound. It, you, know, you know what abound means? Like you're, you're, you're submerged in it everywhere you go. Like, like you, you don't have to be scarce. You don't have any problem with giving and being benevolent. Why? Because everywhere you, every time you turn around, it's a blessing, Right? Right, so, so this is there. So, so there is a reward based on these scriptures that we just read. God's not slack concerning His promises. Uh, he has He has true riches on your own for you. Uh, he has abounding blessings for your faithfulness. So, there's a there is a reward for the faithful. It just takes patience. Just takes patience, right? It takes patience. Because the scripture says, cast not away your confidence, for it has great recompense of reward, right? So don't just be casting away your confidence. But then that's uh, uh, Hebrews 10, verse 35. Verse 36 says, you have need. It didn't say you have. It says you have need. You need patience. 
After you've done the will of God, you might what? Receive the promise. After you do what, Isaac? No. No. And look, his response was after you have patience. That's not, that's not, that's not what the scripture said. It says you have need of patience. After you've done what? I can't hear you, brother. Say it like you mean it. <laughs> the will, the what? Really? Because, like, I've seen Isaac really excited about stuff, right? I've seen him actually mad about stuff. We, we, I have a great relationship with him. So I've seen him upset, like, you know, like, you know, I, I've seen him. You ever seen Isaac snap back? Anybody ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Pastor Mel said, oh, yeah, yeah. Look, 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 me, Asia. She was like, yeah. She, look, she, she did it like this. She's like, I love you, bro, but I've seen you snap back, right? Right? You seen it? Right, right. You've known him for a long time. You ever seen him snap back? But it's, it's, Isaac is a, he's a forceful guy, right? Yeah, look, look, your brother over here is saying forceful. So I just asked him, the scripture says you have need of patience after what? He was like, have you done the will of God? Where all that force, brother? <laughs> Ooh, your brother Ray said that's soft. Where's the force? Let's try this one more time. You have need of patience what? I don't know. It just don't seem like I have your normal passion. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should turn it into a step. Like, maybe we need a, you know, maybe you turn it into a step or something. We need to do that? Huh? You think that, that'll work? If we just, like, so one more time. Now, the next time I'm going to have you come up and do a step, like step it out. So let's try one more time. You're holding up the sermon. <laughs> you have need of patience what? Now, I'm trying to get something to you here, brother. You have need of patience what? After you do the will of God. What y'all think? Uh, huh? It was better. Look, we seen him step. That's See, we seen him step. We seen him. <laughs> <laughs> we seen him flying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We have, I seen you, brother. Yeah. yeah. What, you going to step it out then? Did, did, did that make it sound better? What we going to do, man? Chief, boy. Just glorify God. That was the name of the step team. All right. So you have need of patience after you've done the will of God. You might receive the promise. Ooh. Ooh. So, I want the promise. I want the abounding blessings. I want the true riches, man. You know, I want my own. But I have to what? Do the will of God. Right? So, I have, I have to have patience, right? The scripture talks about, in Romans 2, it talks about patience continuance. The, the statement is patient continuance. So, I have to continue in patience, Right? Now, while I'm going through this, I'm going to be going through tests and trials, Isaac. It's going to be tests, right? Now, but the scripture says there's no temptation taking you but such is common to man. No test or trial that comes out you that's, that's, ooh, now during your test, ain't nobody been through that. No, that test is common too. But it says God is faithful. So, so, so God on his end, Gerard, he already faithful. God, God, God breathes faithfulness. 
says God is faithful. With the temptation, he'll make, with the test, he'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear. He's saying, like, like, even though it looks like this is insurmountable and this is foreign, like, could nobody possibly have ever dealt with this? Well, it says, no, there is no, the Bible says there's not one thing that come at you that's not common to man to our race. The human race, okay? It's just, just for some people that be struggling, right? It says, it, it, it says so if, as soon as we got birthed into this earth realm, Gerard, whatever test we go out, it's, it's see, when you see it as, oh, this is, this is what you go through. I, I was reading through uh, in my daily reading. Oh, it says, it was talking, Jesus was like, listen, man. You're going to be going through persecution. He, he was like breaking down. He said, listen, because he was sending them out. He sent them out with power and stuff like that. But he's like, you know, they're going to be, they, hey, they ain't going to agree with you. They ain't agree with the prophets. He says, so you're in good company. He says, you're going to go through stuff because you represent me. He said, he's like, oh, that, basically he was saying, oh, that's common. But don't worry, you'll receive a hundredfold blessing with the persecution. Like, I could see him going like, just like when he on the boat, he was like, where is your faith? Or why did you doubt? I could see him saying that to us as we're going through stuff like, did you think this was going to be easy? Did you think you went through the training, but you wouldn't have to play the, play in the game? And then when you, did you think when you got in the game, there would be no resistance? Like, everybody just get out the way and give you the touchdown, let you score. Hey, hey, come on. You, you went through training already? Oh, yeah, 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 come on. Yeah. No, go ahead, shoot it, shoot it. You know, like you do with the little kid. Try again, try again. You thought that's what it was going to be? Oh, no, no, they're going to try to stop you. All right, there's going to be some resistance. But don't worry, it's common. <laughs> it's common, right? You got it. Ari, <laughs> you're funny. I saw, so, so now another one of my... Uh, uh, daily readings is Psalm 27. You know, Psalm 27, you know. You know, whom shall you fear? Whom shall you be afraid? But my favorite uh, scripture in, in Psalm 27 is, is 27.13. Right? It says, David said, I would have fainted. I would have given up. I would have given up on my patience. I would have given up on my faithfulness. I would have given up on my consistency. Unless I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the get living. So based on our conversation, because we, we're making a case here, David could say, I would have given up unless I believed to see the true riches. I would have given up on being faithful in the least, but I believe to see the true riches in the land of the living. I would have given up on being faithful with the mammon, but I didn't because I was believing to see true riches. I was, I was giving up being faithful in that which is another man's, but I believed I was going to have my own. I believed I was going to abound in blessings. I believed that after I did, do, do God's will, I'm going to receive the promises. Right? But he didn't say in heaven. That's not what the scripture said. Because, you know, some people are going to reserve all your stuff for you, Gerard, in heaven, you know. Dry, just be faithful, man. When you get to heaven, man, you know, you're going to have your own mansion, bro. You're going to be rolling, man. You're going to struggle your entire time on this earth. 
But when you get to heaven, brother, you're going to be blessed. That's not what that scripture said. He said, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord where? That's where we at. Right? You know, the scripture says you receive uh, those blessings. It says 104. It says now in this time and the time to come. As was his book of Mark. I think it's four. I'm not sure. Or ten. Somewhere in there. But it's the end of the chapter. Like verse 30 or something. Right? Now in this time and the time to come. But the interesting thing is, there's a lot of, the scripture says we have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And it's a little audible, but Ephesians 1, 3. There's a bunch of blessings. And then, the, then we're told, hey, James, James, from back in the day, we were told Matthew 6, what? To pray for it to be what? On earth as it is in heaven. But Stella, there's spiritual blessings in heaven. But we're supposed to be praying for what? For it to be on earth as it is in heaven. So there's plenty of blessings looking for the faithful. It's an abundance of blessings just being stored up, sitting there, just looking for the blessings. That's what the Bible says, a faithful man who can find. Who can find one? I can see the blessing saying, Lord, I'm looking for a faithful person. They ain't easy to find now. Right? First Corinthians 4, 2, right? So, you, so just making a case for you got, you know, just making sure we have a, a scripture foundation. So, I'm sorry, uh, I misquoted. Proverbs 26 is a faithful man who can find. First Corinthians 4, 2 is, so you be found faithful. <laughs> right? But, you know what it made me think about? Uh, so we've, we've uh, let me see, we've moved, this is our third house, that third house that we own, we, we had one that we leased. So that means we moved twice, three times, but well, we had to prepare the house. We had to prepare the house twice. And so, so, so what it is is, you know, the realtor comes and they says, okay, well, we got to get this house, what? Show ready. Right? But the interesting thing, your life is now arrested. Because you know how sometimes you just want to go home and just not do nothing? Well, you can't do that when you're trying to sell your house. Right? Because you got to keep it what? Show ready. So that means anytime the realtor calls and says, hey, you have a showing. Your house has to look like. Parade of Homes. I don't know if y'all, they do Parade of Homes out here, but y'all know what that is? Yeah. yeah. Trini said yes. But, you know, it has to look showroom, like a show, all the time. Like it look, got to look immaculate all, every, all the time, right? And so I was thinking about this faithfulness, and I think being faithful is being show ready all the time. That's good. That's good. So says, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith, right? So I think, like, Anytime blessings show up, you show ready, <laughs> right? You live in faithfulness, right? You don't visit faithfulness, right? You, you don't freelance with faithfulness. You are faithful. Now, let's say we're not sure, you know, because if you're not show ready, you can miss somebody that wants to purchase your house. So that's why you're trying to be show ready, right? Because somebody could show up wanting to purchase your house, but you don't have it show ready, and they're like, ah, 
you know, the atmosphere is not suitable for what they want. It's like, ah, it seems like it's the right structure and everything. I don't know, just this atmosphere is crazy. So you don't want to risk that, right? You don't want to risk somebody coming. You don't want to miss the opportunity. So that's how we are we supposed to be faithful. But, but I can say this, some of us have missed opportunities because we're not, we're not operating in show-ready faithfulness. We, we actually excuse show-ready faithfulness. You know, she's not here, but I'll pick with her. She's probably watching, uh, talking to uh, one of our friends here. And I was like, you know you need to be here on time, right? It's like, well, you know, I, feel like, I felt I had a cushion. This is, this is a while ago. They don't operate like this now. They don't operate like that in particular now. <laughs> I'll say it that way. And I was like, what are you talking about? I said, do you understand if you, you live to be late thinking you have a cushion, you're saying that I'm training myself to miss moments. And you don't know what you missed because you weren't there. So you're operating as if you have everything and sometimes you could be frustrated and impatient that the blessing didn't come through, but all those moments add up, right? Person don't operate like that now, but I was sharing that with them because I didn't want them to miss moments. I wanted them to operate in show-ready faithfulness, right? Now, this faithfulness is important because it's our leverage to expect from God. A faithful person operates in a different level of boldness before God than a person that's not faithful. Now, a person that's not faithful can get an attitude like, well, I don't understand why I'm not getting that, but they really know. That's why they have an attitude. The person that's faithful, even if things are unfair, they're relaxed. You know why? Because they're like, I'm faithful. So I don't care how unfair it is, how it works. Well, okay, well, they didn't give me what I deserve, so that means something else ready for me. You know why? Because I'm faithful. This works out for me. I remember they gave a job to somebody. They didn't qualify for the job. I applied for the job. I was overqualified, but they gave it to the person, and then they asked me to train them. So I'm like, if this person qualifies so well, this is what I was thinking. I'm like, they qualify so well. What do they, they need to be training me, right? But they asked me to train them. So I went to the Lord because, it, you know, I'm like, this don't make sense. He says, but I told you to do everything as unto me. I didn't say it was going to be favorable circumstances. So just do it as unto me. They ask you to train them, train them. So that's what I did. Guess what? God had another job for me. That was going to set me up to get out of that job. That was going to set me up to do what I do for a living. You see what I'm saying? So, but, 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 but when you operate in faithfulness, you, 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 can, you can have expectations. When you're not faithful, you're, you're hoping you get the, the opportunity. Right? It's a risk for you. You're like, I might and I might not. But when you operate in faithfulness, you're like, listen, I don't care what they do up in here, but I know I'm about to get blessed. You know why? Because I'm faithful. Right? And like, like you, it's almost like when you pay, start paying all your bills consistently. Now you don't walk to, 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 to purchase something and be sweating and hope you're going to get it. <laughs> No, you just go in there and say, but now I kind of want this, this, that, and the other. Why? Because you didn't pay your bills, right? Yeah, I had a conversation one time with a guy. I was like, okay, something has to be wrong here because I know 
My credit's good. Matter of fact, you know what the conversation was on? On the interest rate. I was like, what did you just say? You said 5.7. I said, that's got to be wrong. I would have never said that before. I would have been happy. Well, 5.7, listen, 7.9, whatever you want to do, I'll just take it. But no, 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 because I've been consistent, I was like, oh, no, you, you got to go back and check that. They got to be wrong. Then, but they were trying to hustle. So you know what I did? I said, oh, no problem. I'll just call the bank. I, we won't even deal with y'all. I'll just call the bank. So I called the bank and got what we needed. But you know why? Consistency and faithfulness. Because we're going to talk about stewardship because that's a part of faithfulness too. All right? We good? Everybody here? Nobody left, right? All right, so, so, so this faithfulness gives us leverage to expect from God. Let's look here at 2 Samuel 7. Um, we referenced this um, last week. I'm not sure. It was last week because David came up and said the Lord was really ministering to him about the same passage. This is another one of my daily readings, 2 Samuel 7. How many daily readings do you have? I don't even know, to be honest with you. I just know it would be taking a while to get through this stuff. All right. Me and my wife be picking with each other. You f- so am I. <laughs> so she's about to pick it with. She's like, well, I finished my reading for the day. So am I, right? Because we both was up very early in the morning. That's what helped me. All right, so 2 Samuel 7, um, verse 20. It says, now, now, now this is, David's deciding, I talked to you about this last week, deciding, hey, you know, I don't want to build my house. He's so faithful, he didn't feel comfortable with his house being taken care of. And God's house not. See, faithful people are always about God and God's kingdom first. Kingdom work first, right? So, so, uh, so his his guy Nathan says, uh, man, "Listen, look, he's called almost like, you know, uh, well, well, it says it came to pass. I'm, I'm gonna read verse one. We're gonna get to twenty. It says it, it came to pass when King sat in his house." Uh, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies. The king said unto Nathan, the prophet, see, now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. He said, that don't make no sense. And Nathan said to the king, go do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. You know what? Look, even, even uh, Nathan knew he was faithful. He was like, man, just go ahead and do what you got to do. God going to back you because you're faithful. God's with you. You know, like, but this, David didn't even say it. He said it. I like, man, you go ahead and do it. But then God showed up to talk to Nathan and said, listen, this is what I want you to tell my servant. Like, did I request the house? He says, as we traveled, I stayed in, in tabernacles and stuff like that, right? He says, but tell my servant David, this is what we're going to do. So he kind of broke it down to him, right? And he was telling him, he says, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to, I'm going to give you a house. <laughs> because see, he was being mindful of God. God was looking out for him. Verse 20. It says, and what can David... Now, after God was talking about blessing him, blessing his, his lineage, he was like, there's always going to be somebody on the throne for you. So David 
is already being mindful of God, but now he's overwhelmed. Like, man, why? Like, why me? Like, like why you almighty God want to do all this for me? And verse 20 says, and what can David say more unto thee for thou, Lord God? Look, look. This, ooh. Remember, Nathan could say, hey, God's with you, but look at what David said. It says, thou, Lord God, knoweth thy servant. So God knows us. But why, why do you know God knows? Because I'm faithful. I spend time with you. I'm consistent in your presence. I'm the same way when, when people see me and when they don't. It's going on here, verse 26. And so, so it says, and let thy name be magnified forever, saying the Lord of hosts is God over Israel. And let the house of thy, now this is David talking. He says, and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. How could you even make a request like that if you're not faithful? Verse 27, it says, for thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel has revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee a house. This is what God said to him. Therefore has thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee. So this is, he's actually having conversation. It says, well, based on what you said, let it happen because I'm faithful. The guilty be like, no, 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 I don't even want a house because I'm going to be looking over my shoulder, right? So faithfulness gives you leverage to expect from God, right? Remember when the, uh, in Matthew 25, verse 21, when, the, when, the, when they came with the talents, right? After he gave them the talents, uh, verse 21 says, so the one that had five had five more. So, so he gave them the talents, but he doubled it. So, so this is a parable of stewardship. Remember when Nisha the other day went over parables? This is a parable about stewardship. What you going to do with what you have, basically, right? Now, but look at his response. He says, well done, Matthew 25, verse 21. I know I'm going kind of fast, but we, we kind of went over this already, but I want to hit this verse. Now, this is similar to what he says to the guy with two talents. But he says, well done, look, thou good and what? Faithful servant, based on what? Because he turned five into five, into in ten, right? He says, look, we just read in Luke 16. He says, thou has been faithful over a few things. So the mammon I gave you, you didn't hoard it or lord it or use it to protect yourself. You put it out there, right? You trusted me, right? He says, thou has been faithful over a few things. Now, remember, you're faithful over the least, he gives you much. You're faithful over the mammon, he gives you true riches. Look at this. It says, I will make thee rule over many things. He didn't say, I will give you many things. I'm going to make you rule over many things. Now, remember when it goes, when you go to Luke 16 and you keep on reading, it says you can't serve two masters. So what it's saying, if you're not faithful over the money, then you end up serving it. If you're faithful over it, it ends up serving you. Right? That's why the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right? Because now with God first, I serve God. Everything God gives me serves me. If the things are first, I serve the things, and I'm telling God to serve me. You see what I'm saying? So, so he's basically saying, I'll make you ruler over many things. You see that, right? It says, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So we want to rule many things. We want to enter into the Lord's joy. What few things have we been faithful over that benefit others? Yeah, I added a piece. 
What few things have we been faithful over? Somebody going to say, well, I've been faithful. That benefit others. See, because this stewardship didn't benefit the person that had the money. We know that by the one that, that, that held on, right? He says, I know that thou, thou are a hard person, that you reap what you haven't even sown. So they, they took his money, doubled it, and gave it back to him. None of it was for them. But look at what they ended up with, ruling over many things, right? You see that? Faithful in the least. It's not about us. We, we're hoarding stuff that's not for, we, we're hoarding seed. A seed that's not sown has no value. We like to do with the barns. Remember you said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build bigger barns so I can store up my stuff even longer. Then a, a tidal wave came. <laughs> but he had no harvest out there because he, he wasn't faithful over, over the little, right? See, the faithful wait on their inheritance, right? Their pace, let's go to Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20. The faithful wait on their inheritance. So now, 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 this is the thing. When you're not faithful, you have stuff and you can rush into situations as opposed to patiently crossing over into the true riches. The true riches are something that lasts. They're fulfilling. There's not many sorrows and they're not temporary. The, the mammon, there's many sorrows. They're temporary, right? And they pierce you through with, you know, I mean, it's a lot of frustration. You can't hold on to the stuff, right? They're not sustaining. It says, uh, verse 21, Proverbs 20, 21. It says, an inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. So this is people that, that, that rush to get what they believe they deserve, but skip what it takes to hold on to it. This is people that rush to get what they believe they deserve, but skip what it takes to hold on to it. So they skip the preparation to handle what God really wants them to have. So it's temporary, right? Because everything is hastily. That's why they jump at every scheme available, because they're in a rush. They don't want to wait on the character building. They don't want to deal with the humility that other people are doing stuff that they would love to do but they got to go through their process. So they jump into just doing stuff. Uh, what do we call it? Uh, get rich quick. And, and see, see, remember, we talked about this last week. We must avoid leaving the table before faithfulness surgery is complete. Remember, we must avoid leaving the table before faithfulness surgery is complete. We must avoid leaving the table before our brokenness has been secured. Remember, we discussed that cheats us from our, our reward. See, see, if, if I rush to the inheritance, I'm skipping the brokenness, the, the bad habits, the uh, pride. Like, and some of us don't think we operate in pride, but we do. That's why we hoard and lord 
as opposed to live free to give. That's why we stick in our, stay in our place. That's why we avoid, avoid fellowship. You think God's blessing you not to, not to be around people? That's why we stay in our little pocket. That's why we're not accountable. That's why we don't take the lead on anything. And so, so, so you want God to give you two riches. But we're skipping the things that's going to break our will. See, the thing about platforms, leadership, I was reading through this in my, in my, my reading time, because uh, Jesus, uh, I try to read daily uh, Matthew 5 too, Matthew 5 and 6. But, but when Jesus is breaking down Beatitudes, how to be, when he talks about uh, blessed are this and blessed are this and blessed are this, Jesus goes in to say, hey, you don't like hide a light. You don't hide the light. He says, you don't put a light, you don't put it under a bushel, you put it on a hill. He's still talking about souls. He's talking about how to live, but he's saying, hey, I showed up so you can be a light to draw other people into the kingdom. You don't do that. Now, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I just be over here. <laughs> no, I just be, yep. Now, you go ahead. You just go ahead. You don't do that. Can't nobody see you back there. Can't nobody get blessed by you back there. And guess what? I don't need nothing. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm just be over, you know, because, you know, um, uh, money is the root of all evil. The person with their hands on the money is the root of all evil, keeping it real. No, God has, God has given us richly all things to enjoy because that makes you brighter. That attracts folk. Okay, okay. I'm not going to rush. I'm chapter and verse. Chapter, chapter and verse. So, so let me just go with that. So remember we said we can't have unfinished faithfulness in another man's and expect to get our own. We can't do that. So, so our delay is very few people finish it out. They don't complete their faithfulness. And, and this is the thing. Do you know you don't get the reward based on age? But you know, we think we do. We say, listen, the first time I heard about a faithful man of God, this is the first five-fold ministry class I went to. And, and, and the guy had been almost close to 20 years, not 20 years, at a ministry. And then he was sent out. Uh, paid for two years from the ministry, and then they brought him back and they gave him eighty thousand dollars, and then they released him. He has, I believe, he still got a big church, right? When I first heard that, I was like, you know, I'm just getting in the ministry, so I'm like, it's like 17, 18 years. I was like, Pfft. it was like, it was actually 17 years. I was like, yeah, but I'm, it's probably not going to be 17 years for whatever I got to go through because I've been through a lot. I already been through a lot in my life because at this time, I'm, I got to be 31, 32, or 33. I have been through so much. And so I'm like, for me, about four or five years. I was at that church for 18 years. More than 17. Everybody don't have to go through 18 years, but Keith Bradley sure had to go through 18 years. Not because Keith Bradley was better than nobody. That was just it. Keith Bradley needed a, a lot more brokenness. And then the first thing I had to get out of is what I went through 
was going to grandfather me into God's blessings. God's like, no, that's your mess you did. Those are your choices. I'm not talking about the early years. You didn't put yourself in a foster home. You didn't, whatever abuse you went through, you didn't cause that. It wasn't your fault, but it was your responsibility. And you didn't respond well. You made matters worse. You didn't, first of all, you didn't come to me. You didn't trust me. You didn't believe me. You didn't hang out with me. You didn't talk to me. You didn't spend time with me. You didn't fellowship with me. And you definitely wasn't faithful to me. So I'm just going to move you up the ladder because they treated you wrong. Well, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man, Keith. You, you're not the first that's going to be treated wrong and you won't be the last. But you want to get with my faithful program if you want to receive your own. And so I had to get past myself, stop looking around at where everybody's at and the levels they was at, what they was doing, and just sit in my preparation for purpose. Regardless of my age, there's a lot of people were younger than me and some people were my age doing things. That meant, listen, some of the stuff I do now, I have friends that's been doing it for like 30, 30 some years. Some of these people are younger than me. It don't make a difference. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do when I'm supposed to do it. But I don't get to do it because, okay, I'm 62 by now. Surely by now you're going to just I get to hook up. They're going to still have a manual. Okay. What, what, what you show up for? Oh, you, you qualify? Let's see. We ain't got no checkoffs on you. Have you just been hanging around? Because... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I do see one check. I do see one check. One check. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've gone to church. Okay, well, you might want to come back when you fulfill some of these requirements. It, no, 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 no. You, you, no oh, you thought longevity gets you in. I know you ain't think proximity gets you in. No, obedience and faithfulness gets you in. So come back when you get in line. That's what's happening, man. It's, 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 it's amazing. Let's, let's look at this. Let's, let's look at this because um, sometimes we're in the right place. We just ain't deep enough in faithfulness. So sometimes we're, we're, we're hovering around faithfulness, Mark chapter 4, but we ain't deep enough. And so we're looking for the harvest but we ain't got no root. All right, so, so Mark chapter 4, uh, you know, we know this is about the word, but let's go over verse 5. You know, this is after he said, you know, some, the soul is so of the word, and some of it was stolen immediately. I figured I skipped that one. That one was pretty obvious, right? Verse 5 says, and some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, right? And immediately it sprang up. Now, now see, people skip that. The seed actually fell on the dirt, and it sprang up immediately. Because this is what we're looking for, right, in our life. Yeah, I, I just want my blessing now. Just give me my blessing now. Well, guess what? what? Some of what they wanted sprang up immediately. It says because it had no depth in the earth, it sprang up. So it says if it, was, if it had depth in the earth, it wouldn't have sprang up right away. It would have went through a process and it would have been, by the time it was revealed, it would have been able to handle the exposure. Right? It says, but when the sun was up, it was scorched 
because it had no root and it withered away. It wasn't deep enough to access something to help it to handle the heat. And this is what we do. We run into stuff and we're exposed, but our roots aren't deep enough to handle what we're exposed to. And it burns us out because we didn't take our time, go deep enough so when we are exposed, we can handle the thing, right? The Amplifier says, it says, other seed of the same kind fell on, on ground full of rocks where it had not much soil. And once it sprang up, because it had no depth of soil, when the sun came up, it, it was scorched because it had not taken root, it withered away. It's a process, right? You have to go through a process. I was, I was meditating on this. We have, uh, we have a couple of scenarios in the Bible of Jesus blessing people to catch fish. Now, remember, when he was talking to Peter, uh, he says, I'm going to make you what? Fishers of men. Souls, right? So when Jesus says something, he doesn't waste words. I'm going to make you fishers of men, but he puts them in a situation where they catch fish, actual fish. But he didn't change his parallel. He told them to launch out where? Into the deep. So they was like, man, we've been toiling for the longest. Just like we've been trying to save souls for the longest. He says, basically, go back out. But launch out to the deep. Go deeper. Right? And, and just like us, we're going, man, come on, man. It shouldn't take all that. I don't believe it take all that. Their, their response wasn't like, okay. They, they went out almost like, like we do sometimes, okay. And, and okay, there you go, Pastor Keith. You speculate. No, I'm not speculating. The evidence was they wasn't prepared. The scripture says when, oh, hold on, where was it? Luke 5. Let's go to Luke 5. See, again, faithfulness is about souls. All right, so uh, Luke 5, verse 6. Well, I'll start at verse 4. Verse 3. It says, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, that's Peter, and prayed him, or, you know, was uh, uh, employing him, implore, imploring him, that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And I've, I've taught you this before. He got in the ship and asked to thrust out a ways because they didn't have mic microphones. So when they thrust out the, 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 the ship from the shore, when he spoke, it, it bounced off the waters, and that was his, that's how it amplified. So he basically used, now what was the ship there for? Fishing, right? He used the ship to fish men, right? But they, they, they left what their focus was and started thinking about the kingdom. He gave them his, his ship for his business to take care of God's business. You see that? Right? Some people are like, man, come on, man. We, we, we got to go back out, this, that, and the other. We just can't be giving them shit. It says, so now when he had left speaking, when he finished speaking, he says, Simon, launch out to the deep and let down your nets for a drop. So he's saying, you gave me your ship for my business. Now we're going to use this ship for your business. 
And Simon answered, instead of him saying, okay, Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. So he, he gave him a justification first, but he still did it, right? It says, and when they had, uh, and when they had done, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish. Look, and their nets broke. They had more fish than they can handle. Look, not just their nets broke, but look, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that be, they began to sink. They wasn't ready for it. So the, because they didn't believe. That's how we know they didn't believe because if they, if they, well, you say what? Launch out in the deep. Hey, gather every possible shit we can, every net we can, because we about to catch abundance. It kind of went out there and said, okay. And they were overwhelmed. Listen, they was overwhelmed because they weren't prepared. Right? You see that? Now, now look at here, Luke, I mean, John 21. Let's go to John 21 real quick. See, this faithfulness prepares us to handle the abundance or the abounding blessings that we talked about. So we're not overwhelmed. So now we experience true riches. They're not temporary because we, we, we don't panic. We're not all over the place. We're not tight. Well, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, like we, we, we don't operate like that because we show up with wisdom and insight, accuracy and understanding anointing and gifted. We show up with God and the Holy Spirit, not despite God and the Holy Spirit. You see the difference? All right, so uh, 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 John 21, verse 12. All right, so, is that right? Let me just make sure. That's not it. Hold on a second. Oh, no, 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 no. You guys are in the right place. I was in Luke. That's why I looked weird. Still red letters, but wrong book, buddy. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, 12. All right, so, so now this is, Jesus is resurrected. So, you know, he's kind of showing up on the scene. So, so they're out there, um, you know, Fishing and stuff like that, right? <laughs> you know, dragging the nets around. Uh, and so, as soon as, it, uh, verse 9 says, as soon as, as soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid there on and bread. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It's up further. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Children, yeah, they need to find. Be patient with me here. I don't want to read the whole chapter. All right, so Simon Peter said unto them, Go. 
go with fish, and they said unto him, uh, I'm reading verse 3. Uh, they said unto him, uh, we also go with thee. And they went forth and entered in the ship immediately that night. They caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, no. And he said unto them, look, look, now. So remember, they caught nothing again, right? Verse 6, and he said unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They didn't, reach, they didn't say nothing negative. They cast, they, they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, the disciples whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. Now Simon Peter heard it was the Lord and gird his fisher's coat. Okay, it says he, you know, he, because uh, he was naked, he, he jumped into the sea. Uh, and the other disciples came in a, li- in, in a little ship, for they, they were not far from land. Uh, but as it was 200 cubits dragging the net with fishes, and as soon as they were come to land, they saw the fire of coals and laid fish there. Um, uh, verse 11 is what I want to focus on. I said verse 12. Simon Peter went up and drew the net uh, to land full of great fishes, 153, for all there were so many. It says, yet was not the net broken. The net didn't break. But this is a whole, this is, this is, they're in a whole nother place now. You know where they are now? They're in having been faithful. Remember, Jesus done passed away. This, they, I mean, you know, after the cop crew uh, crowed and all that, but Jesus passed away. They have been living faithful at this time. This is not the beginning of the journey. This is after they've gone through faithfulness. See, when, when, it, when we're initially participating in stuff, our nets break because we're not prepared. When we go through faithfulness, we're in situations where we got God's blessing behind us. So here they caught fish. They got caught too much fish, but the nets did not break. Right? You, you see, there's a transition here. You know, that's why the Bible says count the cost. You know, count the cost. Faithfulness, when you count the cost, then you, you embrace faithfulness because you know there's a price for the reward. When you don't count the cost and when you take things for granted, you, you live entitled. You're frustrated because things aren't happening as soon as they're supposed to. But when you understand the cost, the scripture says count the cost to see if you have sufficient so in other words, if I'm not at a certain level, I step back and I count the cost, see where my faithfulness is, not what's wrong with God. God is faithful. I'm the one that has to calibrate my faithfulness to harmonize with God. You, you see what I'm saying? Um, and, and so, so, so this, this what, do I, what do I wanna give you guys? See, when we're unprepared and we're hasty for inheritance, like we obtain things, but they break through. Like remember the scripture says, putting money with bags and hole, with holes in it. But, but, but remember that scripture in Haggai says, you're running to your sealed houses, but you're not taking care of the Lord's house. So you're putting money with bags and holes in it. You're not faithful with, with the mammon that I gave you. You're not operating like David did in, in Second uh, Samuel. Like he was so... He was mindful of the Lord's house, right? See, 
we put money with bags and holes in it. That's what the, so that's our nets breaking, right? Because we haven't under, yet understood the cost for securing the true riches, securing abundance. God is designed for us to do, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Pastor Mel read the scripture the other day in Deuteronomy 8. You know, he's, you know, after he takes us through the wilderness to humble you to prove you so you know what's in your heart, Deuteronomy 8, 2, then in verse 11, it says, don't forget the Lord thy God, right? He says, when you've built goodly houses, when your cattles multiply, it says, uh, uh, when your crops multiply, then it said, when your silver and gold multiply. And in just case people want to say, well, that's the Old Testament, it hits silver and gold. Then it said, when all that you have is multiplied. He says, just don't forget the, the, the Lord God. The Lord thy God, verse 17, 18 says, for it is he that giveth thee the power to get wealth. Well, how do you get the power? Through your faithfulness. That's it. He, he wants you to have the wealth. He says, I've given you richly all things to enjoy. Why? Because that attracts people. Listen, he says, you're going to do good things. And those things, people are going to see them. And it's going to say, they're going to fall on their face and worship God because of the things he's doing in your life. And so some people seek after some of the things God's going to give you. Some people seek after the peace he's going to give you. Some people seek after the strength and the wisdom he's going to give you. Some people think, seek after the stuff he's going to give you. But he's going to give you true riches, whatever you need to draw them in. You can't shy away from it because you don't want the attention Good. You don't want the attention. Send it to God. Let it come. Just make sure you send it to him. Defer it to him. So you don't want the attention for you, but you do want the attention for the kingdom. So you want to attract people as much as you can. You want to take away everybody's excuse. Well, I would come, but you look like you hurting and I'm not. You want to take that excuse away. You don't want to limit who you minister to. Are we just limiting, uh, uh, ministering to what we call poor? That's it. The, the, the scripture says the poor you have you always. That's all we're doing. We're just looking for the poor. That's it. Those are the only people that need to get ministered to. The poor means them not are without. So even the people that have money are without true riches. They poor too. See, if you keep, I'm not about money. Well, obviously you are since the only person you think is poor are people that don't have money. Them that are without is what poor means. People that don't have Christ are poor. People that don't have peace are poor. You know what I'm saying? They're like, like, like prosperity is not just money. People that have the parent, the families are going crazy. They're poor too. So we limit who we talk to. Oh, they, they I don't need to talk to them. They, they bless. Well, I, I told you this is, this is public knowledge. Dion tried to drive his Lamborghini off a cliff in Cincinnati. Was playing two sports. Planning two championships. Went to the World Series and the Super Bowl. Nobody does that. We went to, this is an old house, we went to his house. It was like 11, 12, how many cars? I, I don't know. Tennis courts, all types of stuff. He sure tried to drive that Lamborghini off a cliff. You know why? Because he was poor. 
You see what I'm saying? What are we doing? Our faithfulness and, and, and trusting God, being obedient, it means something. See, this is the thing. The reason why we got to go through faithfulness is because it teaches us how not just to obtain. See, this is what Jesus was teaching them in these two catching of fishes. One, they obtained, but they couldn't, they couldn't hold on to all of it. But, but the second time, they held on to it. But remember what he told Peter, I'm going to make you fishers of men. So the parallel is the first time you're going to catch a lot of people, but you ain't going to be able to hold on to them because if you don't go through the process, you ain't going to have the character to handle them. This is going to overwhelm you. You're trying to attract the platform. You're trying to, hey, you're trying to be Facebook king, Twitter king or whatever, but you can't handle what's coming. So now you just tell them anything. Because you, wasn't, you didn't get on a platform to help lives. You, you got on a platform for your life. So now you get more attention than you thought you was going to have, and you just start telling people stuff because you don't really know. You're like, well, I wasn't expecting all this. I just wanted to, you know, deal with low self-esteem. I just wanted people to, I wanted to be seen. But now it's more to being seen. Lives need to be changed. But you ain't got nothing in you. So you, you, you all substance, you all talk. So now you're ruining lives and you got a big following of people crumbling. So he was showing them, I don't want you, I, I want you to, 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 to not just catch, I don't want you to just, I don't even want you to have a ministry where everybody just kissing your feet. I, I want you to, 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 to make disciples, empower people to have power. Not everybody got to keep showing up for your power. That ain't faithfulness, man. You see the difference? It ain't faithfulness, right? And so, so if you think about it, what he's trying to do is teach us how to obtain what we catch, whether it's souls for the kingdom or resources for bait. See, so no matter what, we're going to catch something. Sometimes it's souls for the kingdom. Sometimes it's resources, things for bait. So the things are not about you. I, I don't need all that. But the people need all that. Some of them need to see it. That's their bait for you to draw them in. So guess what? You don't care about all that? Get as much as you can then because you'll give it all away. Draw all the, We was out there fishing and they was using squid. They wasn't using worms. They was using squid. And some people, was, they would catch little fish, and they would use the fish to throw back in to catch bigger fish. Right? You know what it was called? It was called bait. But we the type of people say, no, nah, I don't need nothing on my hook. Well, don't kill the little worm. The little worm going to die. It's a cute little worm. No, the worm is going to get on the hook because it's bait. They're drawing the big fish. You see what I'm saying? It's how we're looking at things. But we say, I don't care about that stuff. Obviously, you do because of how you're viewing it. You're not viewing it as bait, right? See, see, because these things, the Gentiles have need of these things. They have need of our stuff. Our stuff is just bait. That's all it is, right? And so God doesn't want us to obtain. He wants us to maintain and reproduce. That's the thing. 
So that's why we have to go through faithfulness. Because remember, Jesus went right into, I was always thinking on that boat, he went right into, like, okay, so the first time, oh, this is good. Because y'all be thinking I just be weaving stuff. Y'all don't think this. Some people could think I'm just weaving stuff in. But the first time, he said, I'll make you fishers of men. The, the initial conversation, and they go out to the deep. He said, launch out to the deep and then that's break. The second time, if you keep reading through this passage we just read, you'll see after all this, Jesus started talking to him. Uh, hey, now, now look, they done went fishing. The nest didn't break. They cook fish. Jesus is sweet. He's like, Peter, you love me? <laughs> He's like, Lord, you know I love you. You know everything. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. He asked him again, you love me? Come on, man. You know everything, man. I, I love you. Then he got bothered because he asked him the third time. He said, feed my sheep. Why is that a conversation out there on the boat that they just got the net? Because Jesus never changed the topic. He's never changed the topic in our life. It's about feeding the sheep. That's what it's about. You learn that through faithfulness. Like keeping it real, if you're not faithful, you just superficially saying you don't care about stuff because you really do. See, because if you was faithful, you wouldn't be focusing on care or not with stuff. You would just be taking in everything that's needed to draw them in. But see, sometimes I don't want the responsibility of stuff and attention and drawing people in because I don't want to mess up. It ain't on us. It's be confident it's very thing that he's been going to good work with performing. We just said, we can't be seed on the surface of church, on the surface of the kingdom. We're going to get burnt out. <laughs> Did you hear me? We got to go deeper. So when the demand is placed on us, we're not responding. The Holy Spirit in Christ is responding. Otherwise, when any level of exposure is going to burn us out. That's what the faithfulness is for, Right? See, it gets this, this whole process assures us that we operate with our cup running over. See, when your cup is running over, when you squeeze, you just pour out everything that's been poured into you, right? It gets us uh, out of, well, it gets us into selflessness as a default, freely given as an autopilot. That's our default. Because sometimes, you know, when you ain't had nothing and you get something, like, like okay, we've been through stages, right? When you ain't had nothing, listen, sometimes I, 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 I'm not going to say I lost my mind, but I lost my focus. We, we ain't had no money. So we get money. We go, she tell the story every time, so I'm going to tell it because I have the mic. So we go get something to eat. We, we went to, uh, what was, uh, not, not KFCs, what's the other one? Um, Popeye's. Yeah, so I used to eat the Popeyes a lot back there. And so we go to Popeyes, we order all the stuff because we got money, right? And I pull off without the stuff. Because I'm so overwhelmed because I got stuff. I got money because I ain't, I ain't used to no money. So, I, so pay for the stuff. You know, you go to the window, you pay for the stuff, right? And you go to the next one to get your stuff. No, I'm, I'm driving off. Feeling good, too. 
And, she, and, and she's like, babe, you forgot the stuff. It happened more than one time, right? Because I'm so overwhelmed because I'm not used to having nothing. Or sometimes I would get stuff and I'd be like, oh, no. Listen, we're never spending this. <laughs> Ever. We'll never be hurting again because we won't spend this. But I'm hurting not to spend it because I need to. I'm, I'm in situations where people need help. Oh, no, 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 no. They don't need my help. No, no, I got stuff now. Get your own stuff, <laughs> right? I, I, had, I had it wrong. You see what I'm saying? But I had to go through faithfulness and understand that no matter what level you get, you don't change freely given, being benevolent. You don't hoard. You keep some. When a person has just a tree, they sow to get a harvest of trees, maybe an orchard. Oh, it's over there now? We don't have to plant no more seed. We got an orchard. All those oranges come, that's all we need. No. You got to keep on doing it. It's a lifestyle. And this is what we learn through faithfulness, right? We learn, you know, now this faithfulness, I'm going to just give you this piece because we're going to hit something else um, next week. We're going to hit this next week. Oh, I really wanted to give you Acts chapter 4, but I don't know. We'll see. But the Bible says this in Proverbs 17, 1. It says, better is a dry morsel and quietness than a house full of sacrifices and strife. What we're talking about here is faithfulness. We're not talking about sacrifices. Me and you had that conversation, right? We're not talking about sacrifice. Sacrifices be creating strife. So a lot of times we excuse our faithfulness because we made a sacrifice. Like, like, for example, you know how God tells certain people to tithe? So what they'll do is they'll buy something for the church. So they make a sacrifice, right? No, God didn't say sacrifice. Or, or God will tell somebody to be obedient in serving, and uh, they'll travel and, you know, well, I was there for my cousin and made a sacrifice. No, 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 no. God said I'd rather obedience than sacrifice. You see what I'm saying? Faithfulness keeps us in obedient mode and, and not, uh, how can I say, almost like trying to replace our obedience with sacrifice. Well, well I know what you asked for, but you'll take this. Well, what happened? Where did that, how did that scripture come up? I'd rather obedience than sacrifice. God specifically told Saul what to do. He's like, here you go. I mean, pretty much the same thing. Like, God really don't know what he wants. We know what he wants better. Is that what it is? So we God now. God knows exactly what he wants because he knows exactly what we need to do and what he needs to purge out of us. What it costs us is what we need to get rid of so we can be in position for God to do what he wants to do. Right? Right? So, 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 so that's why we're guided into obedience versus sacrifice. Not striving to serve, but cheerfully serving. We got to get to a place. See, okay, but somebody might say I'm cheerfully serving. Not when you're happy at your convenience. Your measure of cheerfully serving is when it's not at your convenience. Your measure of cheerfully serving is when people don't show up, but you don't want to show up. Did your attitude change? Now, 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 you there, 
God needs you, but then you're not there because you got a funky attitude. So your funky attitude is going to make them show up? No, it ain't there. But God can use you. You get the blessing then. But you can't change. See, that's cheerfully serving. The scripture says, um, as you purpose in your heart. And I was reading through this. T- Man. Man. It's kind of stuck here. Do I wait till next week to give you this or give it to you now? Ooh. It's kind of hard here. Oh, you, you funny. You put some time up on the clock. <laughs> it's funny. It's, all right, all right, all right. So the scripture says in 2 second, second Corinthians, I, I, I'm going to take a couple extra minutes so you can have this for this week. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, right? So we know this is about, it says, as a man purposes in his heart, so let him give. It says, don't give uh, sparingly. I, I know that's like verse 6, but it says, well, give bountifully, Right? You know, if you give sparingly, you reap sparingly, you give bountifully, you reap bountifully, right? But then it says, by the time you get to the verses we're talking about, it says, God loves what? A cheerful giver. It says, don't give grudgingly out of necessity, but give cheerfully. Now, of course, this is specifically, you know, talking about people sowing and stuff like that. But, but it's, remember, it's time, treasures, and trinkets. So it's giving of ourselves, too. You got to give of yourself cheerfully, not just your money. You got to give of yourself cheerfully. You understand what I'm saying? Like, but not begrudgingly, man, these people don't never show up. No, 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 no. Not of necessity. Well, I do it, you know, because these fools don't never know. They don't never. No, 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 no. It's cheerfully. I don't care if nobody coming. I don't care if nobody does it. I don't care if nobody thought about it. I don't care if nobody put their hands up. I'm operating cheerfully, Right? Because God loves a cheerful giver, right? Right? So you know that. Right? So, so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about when everything shifted in, let's go to Acts chapter 4 real quick. Acts chapter 4. And then I'm going to give you Hebrews 35 and 36, and then we're out of here. Right? Just so you can have the scriptures to study on your own. All right. So Acts 4. So, you know, Acts chapter 4, you know, you know this is Acts chapter 2 is they filled with the Spirit. Powers, they operating in power. Acts chapter 3, you know, they take it to another level. By the time you get to Acts chapter 4, they're seeing some signs, wonders, and miracles, right? So now they're, they're at a whole other level. And guess what? <laughs> Woo! Look, they, 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 they cross over. Because remember, this is Peter and them, they cross over to what? Now they're, they're all in now. They, they know Christ is risen. This is real. This is the real deal. Like with everything he said. And so now, remember, because Peter was getting, remember, Peter denied Jesus, right? So in Acts chapter 2 is when they roll up on them like, man, what are y'all talking about out here? Uh, and, and then they was filled with the Spirit, so it looked like they were drunk, right? Peter stands up. The person that was running three times in the cockcrow, he goes, no, ain't nobody drunk. This is, was, it was spoken by the prophet Job. And then he starts to break down why they're filled with the Spirit and break down the Christ that y'all crucified. But like, boldly, when they, when they heard him talking, it's like, 
these dudes ain't even learned. Like, they don't have that type of wisdom. How is he talking like? Like, he was so powerful in his communication. Acts chapter 3, they go through that. Acts chapter 4, they're flowing in the gifts so well, miracle takes place. Person gets healed. The people gather together to say, hey, we need to get rid of these people. They're they kind of messing up our groove. All of the tradition, right? But they said, hey, but that's a notable miracle. It's a notable miracle. We can't, what are we going to say? If we, if, we, if we come against them, the people are going to go crazy because that person got healed. We can't say nothing against it. So let's like try to convince them not to talk about God no more and chase them out of the city. Well, see, now we ain't, we're not being punk no more. We've been converted. We're strong. So they was like, oh, no, no, no. We supposed to serve you before God? No, nah, we're going we gonna to be talking about this again. Like, they wasn't like, okay, they ain't back down. But they still, let, they was like, well, just let them go, man. We, we, we can't do nothing with them. So now they go to their own company. And they talk about, listen, man, signs, wonderful miracles. They tried to punk us like they've been doing for years. But they backed off this time. And they, they, they're getting together and they start praying. They, they didn't pray. Thank you for that happening. They said, let us go to another level of boldness. That's Acts chapter 4. You can, you can see it. They pray. They pray so we would speak with even more boldness. Let our lights be on full blast. Then it said, they were so anointed that now they're operating in faithfulness. They're in harmony. Everything's about the kingdom. And it says some of them was rich. Some of them were not that rich. But it said nobody cared about what they had. It's, oh, look, 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 Acts 4.32. 4.32, it says, And the multitude of them believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. It says, And with great power gave the apostles witness. Remember, I told you, you're on full blast now. Right? That light shining. Of the, verse 33. I just read 32. I'm reading 33. Right? Where you at, baby? Uh, I'm at 33 now. It says, great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace ability was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. Not one person lacked. But it was all about the kingdom. It says, for as many as were, has, was, uh, as were possessors of land or houses sold them and bought the prices of the things that were sold. And, and, and verse 35 says, and they laid them at the apostles' feet. No, but see, somebody might say they sold their stuff, so they, they ain't had nothing. They said nobody liked. Even the people that sold their stuff didn't like. So they so busy walking in power and about souls, they they're, they're operating in the true riches. Nobody lacked. Do you understand what that means? Nobody. So sometimes you get stuff, you're like, hope my cousin, man, don't come by this house asking for stuff. You know he'd be all needy and stuff, right? That's what you be thinking, right? But if nobody's lacked, you ain't thinking about that. You don't have to think about it. Everybody rolling. Do you understand? But, but what was their focus? The kingdom souls. Faithfulness is about souls. They had crossed over to a whole nother level. 
And I was thinking about this, the fact that when you're faithful, you flow in the gifts that feed the body. Now, I'm going to let you guys read it just for the sake of time, but Exodus 35 and Exodus 36, when they was getting everything together with the tabernacle, Moses was like, listen, the people that have a heart to do stuff, we're about to build this tabernacle. If you have a heart, whatever you're led to do, for us to do this tabernacle do. But Moses knew that God was going to move on people's hearts. So the people that had gold gave gold. People that had silver gave silver. People that had wood gave wood. Then he said, hey, and there's other people here that got gifts that can take this stuff that we have and create what God wants. Almost as if they, they were super. Because their blueprint was in their heart. And those people showed up. Then God said, the Lord told me, I forgot the guy's name starts with a B, but he says, God has put supernatural wisdom in him. Well, he's, he's going to be like a supernatural project manager. It's going to seem like he know everything and where everything goes. While this is taking place, for the kingdom. Right? God put everything in them that they needed. Matter of fact, so they left. It said that they came back. People start coming back with stuff, silver, gold, wood, uh, incense. And it's particular people. The rulers came with stone. Even the rulers gave. Right? It said everybody gave. When they came to Moses and said, hey, like, it's too much. It's overflowing. It says, so Moses restrained them from giving. Like, that, that's Exodus 36. It said, it said he restrained them from giving. Now, if he restrained them from giving, they said they had too much. So the tabernacle ended up with too much, but where did the stuff come from? The people. So God had to bless the people to be able to bless the church. And it said they had too much. He restrained them to give it. Do, do you think when he restrained them for giving, they ran out of stuff? No. The people were still getting blessed. So what do you think happened to the, the stuff that they didn't have to give? See, they was faithful in the least. Faithful in that which is another man's. God gave them their own. You see, the, this is Exodus. I get your Exodus. I get your Acts. I get your Luke. It's all through the Bible. Why was they creating this tabernacle? For God's presence. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, we're going to cheat that? Man, we'll get around to that. Man, I'm doing my own thing. No. What do you think we're doing here at the church? We're creating God's presence. When people walk through the door, they'll experience God's. Listen, Jesus showed up. You, you read through the Bible. Jesus showed up. The demon's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. What, what, was, it, was it my time? What, man? Listen, okay, tell you what. Like, Jesus showed up in the town and the, the highest hierarchy of demonic activity, 2,000 demons. We know it's because Jesus said, what's your name? He said, Legion. It was 2,000 demons because they went in 2,000 pigs. Jesus didn't call them out. I'm, I'm saying, like, Jesus said, hey, is there a demon in here? They exposed themselves. They couldn't be around that anointing and that presence. 
And then they start negotiating. Let's, okay, don't, 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 don't. Man, come on, don't taste it out of the country. Now, people are watching this. This was the guy that was in the, the, the cave that nobody went to. And they tried to tie him up with chains, but he would keep breaking the chains. So, so he scared everybody from that area. Jesus show up. The demons jump and be like, hey, hey, come on, man. Don't, don't. Okay, tell you what, tell you what. Can, 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 can you just, like, can we go over here? And then it, there were some pigs there, so he, he told them to go into the pigs, and the pigs jumped into the water and drowned. People that owned the pigs went to the town and said, listen, man, that guy Jesus, remember the dude that, that, that we don't go nowhere near? He's in his right mind. I'm telling you, he's in the right mind. And we had a bunch of pigs. You know we got a lot of pigs, right? Man, the demons was talking to him and went into the pigs. Lives got changed because he showed up. He wants lives to change because we show up. And lives will change when we create an atmosphere. When we're in an atmosphere, we should walk out saturated with that atmosphere. Folks should be at the job going, hey, uh, this might sound weird, but could you pray for me? I know we don't do this at the job, but something is on you. We was talking to a couple. We did a wedding. I'll be tactful, I was about to say. <laughs> so we did a wedding and out of town. So it wasn't at, at Ayers. And all we did was the wedding. That's all we did. So we're, 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 we're now counseling this couple because um, after the wedding. So we're counseling another couple. That, but the, the wife-to-be wife, the, the wife -to -be was at the wedding. So she had talked to her, but she might have told her, her this already, but I just heard it yesterday. She was like, well, when we was at the wedding, like, there was a spark on you guys. And she said, I just told my mom, like, who are these people? We, all we did was the wedding. It wasn't even that air. So, you know, we, we have a certain flow, you know. But there, obviously there was something that stood out. I, I, you know, I'm not boasting on us. I'm just saying, you, some of y'all see that. Like, some people go, there's something about you. I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. We have to take that to another level. Right? We have to take that to another level. How does that happen? We got to go deeper. Because we're not just trying to be on the surface to get burnt out. We're trying to be on the surface to produce fruit. Remember, the seed, the, the soil, the seed that actually got deep produced fruit, some 30 some 60, some 100-fold. Our faithfulness should be to producing fruit. Not just, I'm, I got a cush life. But every time, every, everything around me starts to get saved, changed, and resurrected. All right, that's all for tonight. Um, any thoughts? Anything that stood out for you? Challenge you? I know I kind of...